Hey there, friend. It's Renee on a spooky <laughs> rosy hour podcast. And today we have two amazing guests. We have just Nakia and Michelle Manuti. Well, Michelle Manuti wine. <laughs> yes. Podcast, and we have bartender. I feel like Rocky or something. I know. I feel like an announcer. <laughs> I feel like, and in this quarter, weighing two hundred and some odd pounds, right from the District of Columbia, Rose. five Man. something. Something inches high. Damn, you don't know nothing about me. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to put your business out there. Yeah, I appreciate it. I don't want to um, put it out there because then people be like, "Oh, you that much and then that tall." Like, I don't. Team trying to be nice. Hey. See, look I, at me. I was trying hey, to be kind. I appreciate it. See, look. See, you can't. You can't even be kind in twenty twenty. Well, hey, you know, it's not even about being kind. It's just as a dude, like I'm not really worried about my height and weight uh, comparison at this point in life. Trying to be, you know. I appreciate you. You was struggle. patient. You was important. You was kind. I appreciate it, sugar. Uh huh. Uh-huh, I appreciate uh-huh. it. Uh huh. So who we talking to today? What we talking about? Man, you see that that um that Trump uh um debacle last week? Yeah, I don't even want to call it a debate. I saw I was at a loss for words. Um, yeah. debacle seems a uh, seems quite fitting. For so shit. yeah, so the debacle um. Mm last week that led to him having COVID to him now not having COVID um I mean at this point like I, I don't care if you're racist or not like bro how can you vote for this dude like you know and, and that's a question that I just want to pose to the universe out there in the, like they say the ether <laughs> if, even if you're racist like this dude is not good for the country I'm just like how do you Okay, I'm not okay. Listen, <laughs> when he walked up them steps from Walter Reed, he was trying to like do a light jog. But you know how like you try to run across the street when a car coming, but you're not really running. But you move your arms a little fast to act like you're running, but you're really not running. But you want them to feel like you have a sense of urgency, but you're really not moving fast. So it was like that, right? And then like he gets to the top, he takes his mask off. And like he's breathing hard, and it's like he's trying not to cough because he, he know he can't breathe. He was breathing hard as shit. He was breathing hard, like I, you could tell. He was like, like you could feel the, you could see his nostrils, like he was flaring like crap, man. man I'm like, uh, what's going on? I was just on? like, let it out, man. We all know you got a cough. You got COVID, like you got a cough. Like, does he? Re- did he really have COVID? Now he doesn't have COVID. Like, come on, like he I feels really, better than he did 20 years ago. I, I don't believe he had COVID. <laughs> I believe this is another uh, diabolical scheme of his uh, of his sleeves. No, do I believe he has COVID? Oh no, he had COVID. He uh, got. He still has COVID. But how? I mean, how does he not have it now? It's it's, it's so much. Oh no, he still has it. He, so like this video that came out the other day, mm. right? Um, 
they edit the heck out of it. Mm-hmm. So like you could you could see where they cut the scenes because like clearly he was like <laughs> and they had to cut but, it. But I mean the thing about the president having COVID, right? <laughs> Come on, man. It, it did sound funny saying that. Um, we have to cheer because that fucking on. got it, man. Hey, you know, I really, I really, I'm not laughing I, I at think, COVID. I'm laughing at him for, for I mean, having the China laughing. disease. We all laughing at him for having the China disease. That's what he keep calling it. From China with love. Um, so my question though is, have you ever in the history of your life or in the history of just debates seen a debate where someone just talks over somebody about shit that's not even been asked about? Um, just statements on upon just well, yeah. lies upon lies. Like well, okay. So there, there's two things, right? So women in the workplace, like, I don't know if you ever noticed, but like as a woman in, in, in the industry that I work in, um, actually happened today on a work call. It's kind of funny. Um, we see it all the time where it'll be men talking over women all the time. And it's like... I'm- I mean, yeah, you get that because, you know, people <laughs> do what they do, right? I'm just going to leave it like that. But in a debate where there's like actual rules in a setting and, and, and what I got from what Trump was doing there was establishing dominance. Like he didn't care. He didn't care that there was a, a rule regulation. He was just going to say whatever you wanted because that's the strategy. It's what you get out, what you say, because most of his support base is stupid people. They're stupid. So if he if he says it, he's going. They're going to believe it. So when they look at it and they and he's up there just cutting people off, saying all this bullshit, they're going to accept it. They're going to take it in and be like, yes, that's the truth. And that was it's ingenious. Trump is a genius and an idiot because it's like sometimes you got to you know be responsible with your intellect <laughs> and responsible with with what you do. Dude's a smart dude. He got where he's not. He got where he is now. Because he is a smart guy. But what he's using this intelligence for and the crap that he's putting together is like, bro, why are you doing this? I would never put Trump and the word smart together. I would say that money is able to do things for people. And if you have access, you're able to have the accessibility to do things that are perceivably where you are able to do what others aren't. He went from the apprentice to the president. So I mean, uh, you have money to do it, but I mean, I get it. I get it. I mean, and, and this is not me celebrating Trump by by far. It's just, hey, I appreciate it. Dude is smart, but he's doing a lot of detrimental things to our society. And I'm like, regardless of if you're a racist or not, you just can't put up with what he's doing because he's ruining the nation. It's almost like he's proving a point to himself. How much he can get away with, what he can do. Um... And it's crazy. I've, I've just never seen someone um, abuse power like this. Well, I would never put Trump and the word smart together in a sentence again. <laughs> That's just me. I did. Um, and I, again, I think it's all about money. Um, and to those who are looking for a solution to this, 
uh, vote. Vote early. Vote now. Um, most states have early voting, mail-in voting. Uh, do what you got to do. Be safe. Wear your mask. Wash your hands. Listen to the scientists. Listen to the doctors. Do not listen to the president. He does not know what he's talking about. There is not going to be a vaccine before Christmas or the end of the year. Trials are not going great. Um, and no, China is not going to pay for this. And no, this is not China's fault. This is our fault. It is the lack of leadership in this country. So, boom, whoop, there it is. I thought you knew. I mean, we can also speak to how China turned around that disease in what, like, <laughs> less than 90 days or something? They are having parties again. Right. Their country is back to normal. They um, are outside, y'all. Everybody's outside but us. And we can't even go to China, right? You can't. Nope. So everybody put us on a no-fly li- uh, no list? Except Mexico. But they like, I thought y'all building a wall. Hey, man. So shout out to Trump. Um, <laughs> what, what button is it? Not that. This one? No. This one? No. It's definitely not that. But anyway, so... <laughs> So stop it. So Trump <laughs> essentially don't vote for him. Vote down for Trump. Don't don't do it. Um. So today we got two dope guests. As always, we got Just Nakia. She is a counselor and she talks about her experience of her life and how she got into counseling. Um. Her story is very deep, y'all. So um, I am going to say it is a trigger warning. Um. So what, what does that mean? Um. It's very, very sensitive, and it, there's some um, scenarios she talks about in her personal life that are very triggering. And so, you know, just to uh, let people know that this this is a situation where, you know, she talks about a lot of personal issues that happened to her um, that are very personal and are deep and are hard to, to discuss, uh, hard to sort of put in context in a lot of situations that are uh, a lot of people could not just say they persevered through but she definitely did um we honor her for sharing her story um but we just want to let people know ahead of the interview like it is very deep and you know just letting you know it's a trigger warning um and then also after the kia uh, and and how she got into counseling. We talked to Michelle of Menu Ty. Okay, so yeah, we talked to. I mean, we talked to uh, Michelle on a, a live. Yes, she was extremely fun, and she sent us some very large bottles. Yes, a Manuti Rose. It was the biggest bottle of alcohol I've ever seen, period. Yes. It just looked bigger than everything else. Yes, and Manuti is actually the number one rose uh, in the world. And so they have estate wines, uh, they have four signature wines. They have the Chateau Manuti 281, Chateau Manuti Or. Uh, they have the Rogue Et Or and the Blanc Et Or. Um, and so today we are drinking the Chateau Minuti Ore. Um, and in less than a decade, the Ore range has become their key figure in the Chateau Minuti's product lineup. Uh, it is authenticity and instant enjoyment invoked by these cuvées. Uh, truly set them apart, looking to create a selection of wines that would reflect an image and embody their generation. Um, it has, over the years, patiently developed a trilogy of colors. The ore range began with Blanc at Ore, uh, and a typical white wine that blends 
uh, a gray variety, regular use in the region with a far less used uh, variety of Sauvignon Blanc. So it's really, really good. It's delicious. I don't know the alcohol content at this time. Give me two uh, I think, seconds. I think it's like, what, 12 and a half? Let me look. Let me look. Let it me tasted, look. It tasted like a 12 and a half. Um, I'm looking... 12.5. Told y'all. Someone's getting good. Mm-hmm. And just so people know, uh, the TC notes, brilliant with golden highlights, sharp notes of passion fruit, elegant and subtle, um, fresh with lively palate and harmonious with a nice aromic expression. Uh, food and wine pairing, sea bass grill, um, barbecue prawns, duck, uh, and it is winemaking process slightly under ripe grapes, harvest by hand, uh, destemming, crushing in a six hour uh, process, pressing process. So pretty dope, pretty delicious. Love it. Manuti. Yes. And Michelle is cool. That's the homie. Shout out to Michelle from Manuti. Yes. For, for the balls of champagne. And please go out there. Yes. And Get- buy that rosé it's yes. amazing there's a lot of selections as Renee just said and it's good and it's strong yes good and strong yes well let's get into our first interview with Nakia 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 what's good Nakia Nakia yeah let's listen to it It's Renee here at the Rose AR Podcast. And today, again, as always, bringing you amazing treats of people because there are so many amazing people doing amazing things. And you should hear about it from them directly. I'm excited because she's a coach. She has her own podcast. She's influencing you in ways that positive energy just dives into your bones and just digest all the negativity out of it. The one, the only, the amazing Nakia Webster. That is better the greatest introduction I've ever had. Like that's, that's, the, that's the type of introduction you dream about having. Oh, um, Thank you so much for having me here. I'm thrilled, thrilled, thrilled to be here uh, and to give everyone a little bit of background about me. First, it's just Nakia. We'll talk about how I got that name in a little bit, but you can follow me on Instagram and Facebook look at that handle. Um, I am a life coach, a certified life coach, an empowerment life coach. I host the Expect Effect podcast. We believe that you ought to align your expectation with your belief to ensure you reach your goals in a way like never before. You can't expect it and not believe it for yourself. So if I believe somebody's going to win the lottery, if I don't expect that energy for me, I'm never going to win the lottery. Um, And that may sound like like a broad example, but it's really that simple. Uh, House of Me Life Coaching was just birthed in August. We had our opening day August 3rd. Really excited about that. Um, But we bring a little bit of that energy from the Expect Effect to my extended course options that help you um, if you've recent, uh, whether or not you've experienced any trauma recently, past trauma. Uh, We have courses dedicated to code switching. One of my favorite courses um, is basically the course that encompasses self-love. So we really, really push for 
you to date yourself for a little bit. Even if you're in a relationship, I just want you to spend some time with you. Um, and that's a course that I push very, 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 very heavily. We also have vent sessions. If you need a break, this isn't a Kit Kat commercial, but you can come in and I'll listen to you for 30 minutes to two hours. You've got that time with me. Uh, I'm also a writer. I do a lot of things. I do poetry. I've done stand-up comedy. I'm just a creative and I want to see other people like me shine. Wow. I mean, we can dive in on a lot of those pieces. But <laughs> I definitely want to talk about like how, you know, you got into sort of like the counseling side of things and being innovative within those counseling because like the session where you're like even if you're in a relationship talking about dating, venting, I mean yeah. like those in themselves like especially during, you know, this pandemic and of course during all of these tragedies that we're seeing across the country of black and women uh, black men and women being murdered by police um the trauma that we have and we take to work or and what have you like we don't have the opportunity to vent we're just supposed to fight but like exactly how, how did you come up with this this content and then all more importantly like like what's your background to help people because i mean this is amazing Thank you. I think my entire life I've been going against the status quo, and I tell people that wholeheartedly. I'm a black queer woman living in America today. I wake up listening to Staying Alive by the Bee Gees because that's the goal. Do you hear me? That is that is the goal for me. Like, um, So from the time, the time I was a child, I knew I was just a little bit different. It didn't bother me to see women. Like, if the Victoria's Secret commercials would come on, I would be like, oh, well, hi. You know, how are you? I would see, oh, get it, I would see different. Yeah, I would be like, oh, you know, like kind of. And I just and I just knew. So I think that is also shaped for me just some of how I'm able to build these courses. So going back there, my family was Christian Baptist like deep southern roots country as country as you could get I'm from a small town called Pittsburgh Texas and I've also spent a lot of time in Amarillo Texas which is just too, just oh my goodness is all I have to say about those <laughs> areas um, but the one thing I can say um, I, I found that I couldn't from a very young age I had to figure out how to fit in with what was going on around me my mother suffers from multiple sclerosis um, so that's a degenerative, de degenerative disease excuse me that attacks the nerves um, so she couldn't adequately care for me she's partially paralyzed on the right side and she's had five major strokes wow. um, so from the time I was very small this was a reality for me her mother uh, my grandmother was my primary caretaker alongside my great aunt um, both on my mother's side my father I met later in life but he just wasn't ready to be a dad at that time like mm. um I've learned to separate the man from the responsibility, but it, it definitely still weighs on me in some ways that I just didn't have that influence. Um, so going forward in that process, I, I grew up a lot of times just wishing and hoping for something. I thought God hated me. Mm -hmm. I didn't understand. My grandmother, my grandmother on my mother's side suffers from her own just not healing from her own trauma that's the easiest way i can put that she drinks heavily she gambles she lives her life as if there are no things tied to her mm. so this the sick daughter wasn't going to be away the granddaughter wasn't going to be away the husband wasn't going to be away and there was always going to be anger and tension i remember one time right before school i was just hiding under a chair as she hit my mother but i had originally tried to get in the way and then i was pushed back under the chair and then we go to school like nothing had happened and i had to live a lot of my days like that i was a cps case for a long time and i would constantly 
say, no, there's something wrong here because I didn't want to leave my mother behind. Wow. And I felt like she needed me. So I constantly had this thing where I felt like I have to take on the weight of other people. I would try to clean more for my grandmother, do more for her, meet her there. Um, but then on the flip side, we have this angelic light that is my great aunt. And I credit her for everything that I am today. She constantly met me with love and affection, but she also met me with structure. And that was something that I just didn't have in the home with my grandmother. Um, and the fact that there couldn't be consistency there. There, I think is what would later lead me as an adolescent and you're busting into your teen years to say I know it's crazy over here with my grandmother mm -hmm. but I get to do what I want to do over here and you really feel like that's the energy you want when nobody's trying to really hold you in place um, but my aunt was very structured she would come like these are polar opposite worlds I remember one day I was at school and she came and got me because the bed wasn't made Wow. And she was like, we, we make the bed in this house, sis. Um, I, nine o'clock, I don't want to hear you. I don't want to see you. When I go outside and I work, and this is in Pittsburgh, Texas, little farm town, when I go outside and I work, you work. What I do, you do. We don't have summers. We read dictionaries here. And you know, in black homes, you scared enough to do it. Mm -hmm. I just sat there like, yeah. Okay. She said, read this dictionary. I'm going to read the dictionary. <laughs> uh, she was intense. And I remember one time I was watching TV. She threw a sheet over it. She said, you can just hear it. You've been watching it too long. Do something with your mind. Um, wow. And so just really polar opposite environments I was forced to be in. At the age of 17, I was with my grandmother. I was coming into myself. Um, she's a barber and beautician. And a, a few years prior, one of her clients, a uh, man I considered to be my godfather, had actually sexually assaulted me. Oh, God. And her reaction in that moment really jaded me and it created a lot of friction over those next few years. Um, so from the ages of 14 to 17, I'm staying with my grandmother, but it's, it's tough. Um, so, uh, that, that situation happens and it took her a minute to phase him out of our lives. And she said, well, he, you know, he's one of my customers. I can't just, I understand what happened, but I can't just do it like that. People are watching and please don't hurt yourself. That makes me look bad. What? Yeah, it was. Yeah, there was so much. I can't. There was so much energy and negative situations there. And I had bore my soul. I had cut the same night it happened. And I didn't even know how to tell anyone at first. And I finally mustered up all this courage to tell my story. Not once, not twice, but they have you tell it so many times. They're having you looking at lineups and mugshots. And you're going through this ringer for you to tell me that I've embarrassed you. Mm. And that was a huge shift for me. And it was in that moment I knew I didn't want to feel that way anymore. And I tried to commit suicide twice. I was unsuccessful, thankfully, in this moment. I know that now. But at 17, I was out on my own. I was with my then-girlfriend's grandparents. And at one point, we're sleeping in a car because she ain't leaving me and we don't know anything else here. <laughs> wow. And then I get my first apartment and we're sleeping on the floor and then it's a buildup, but I'm still in a dumb space is what I don't realize. <laughs> I'm in this toxic relationship. We try to get married. We doing it all. I'm 19. Mm. And I've never had anybody give me any structure. And I cling to the first thing that feels like home. Mm. And it's also the very thing that's tearing me apart because I don't know how to handle that. I've never been taught how to handle that. Yeah, and it's not something that like is innate, right? At like, all. We, we 
we identify what we feel like we should or ought to be identifying because either we lack or we see somewhere else that like, oh, this or should or ought to be happening. Exactly. And I begin to try to emulate and we're trying to build on things we think we ought to be doing. And the only thing we know is marriage means you don't fail. Mm. And then it becomes this intense, intense environment of, of people you never want to become. And we split up and we begin fighting over these trivial things. It's 2017. Now I'm about to be 21. I'm 21 at this point and we're splitting up. We, we made it all of a year yeah. <laughs> in the game of marriage. In the game of marriage, we made it all of one year and it really blew up. I went on to drink heavily. You, there were four bars I could walk into and they didn't need to ID me. I was in every wow. day of the week, multiple days of the week. I began, I began living in the worst fields of my life. She even went to jail. You want to talk about two people that ended up like just splitting up and then like running into each other's lives and just making it an absolute mess we did that and then it became this process of clawing and healing and I remember I was I was one night I came in from the bar I had nothing to drink I had nothing to smoke I'm gonna be very transparent with y'all I have problems and Mm -hmm. I got up and I said I I can't do this anymore I don't know. I looked at myself in the mirror and I didn't know who I was. I was skinnier than like, like I was thin as hell. I'm drink, drinking in substitution of food. I'm smoking in, in, in chain circles. I'm throwing myself at anybody with anybody who knows what my body count is at this point. I'm stressed. Wow. And I called my great aunt. I said, man, I haven't, I haven't even been home in like five years at this point I haven't seen or talked to anybody on that side that could give me structure in about five or six years and I said I gotta I don't know what to do and she said you gotta come home and the very night I'm supposed to leave town I kid y'all not I partied my money away for my ticket Mm. and I didn't tell anybody I mean we were drinking for days partying for days and I just remember crying on the couch and I said God I don't even know if you hear me but if you can make something shake (laughs) oh yes yes (laughs) please and, and I kid you not, he says sleep. And I went to sleep. I knocked out dead cold. I woke up the next morning. I'm taking my homegirl her car back. And my aunt calls me and she said, what time are you leaving? I said, oh, I don't know yet. And she said, well, I bought you a bus ticket. Mm. And it leaves at seven o'clock. And we hadn't even had a discussion. I hop on the bus. I go back to boondocks for about four months. I'm sober. I'm stone cold sober. Yes. When I pass my drug screening for my job at Pilgrim's Pride Chicken, shout out to y'all. <laughs> my aunt was like, my aunt was like, you should get this framed. Yes. <laughs> but, but that was the kind of transparency I had to come in the door with. Uh, I got down. I got level. I got on my knees. I prayed. I went silent for seven days. I heard God say, get off social media. Don't talk to anybody. You get right with me yes Yes. and I went deep deep into it I was listening to a sermon from Pastor Mike Todd Uh, it was called the Expect Effect Sermon Series Uh, and he said what do you have to lose if you don't pair faith with expectancy to see a miracle you think what I'm saying is crazy but what where are you at and what do you have to lose and I said well well um honestly at this point nothing (laughs) nothing and I gave in um and then I went on about four months later I moved to Denton Texas I started some work on the expect effect podcast about a year ago as it was loosely based on that sermon series because I wanted everyone whether you feel like you adhere to the Christian faith like I do or not whether you feel like you have depression or anxiety you have got to find a way to get through some days yeah I wanted to meet people there whether you 
knew what you were going through or not, I wanted to meet people where they were. And then um, I met a life coach who really told me like, girl, tap into yourself and believe in yourself and see something. And her name is Indira. Y'all can follow her at Being Indira. But she tapped into me and she said, girl, just just believe in yourself. And we worked extensively together. She was able to give me my certification and house me. Baby, I never had a home until oh I found it in myself. Wow. And so that was for me, like, we're going to anchor you. So when I think about the course, The Perfect Union, that's about you finding you. That's dating with a capital I. Mm. Because you need to give yourself that that time. That's the art of breaking the code. We've got that for code switching. You think as a person of color, as a queer person, as a person who felt outcast by the same God I now worship. I don't know how to figure some things out. There are things that we want to translate based also in positive psychology practices. So there's science behind it, mm-hmm. right? I just, you know, I'm not just ministering in a way. There's science here. We have wildlife instincts. That's the process of going ape. In my mind, life is about three ongoing factors, acceptance, progression, and evolution. Wow. We accept the things we cannot change. We must progress and evolution says I'm not going back Mm. and I want to help people uncover these factors that for me these are the things that I had to go through one of my final extended courses is how do you want it Casey and Tupac Casey Jojo I love Mm -hmm. hip-hop I'm gonna Mm -hmm. be real with y'all if y'all look at the titles on the expect effect it's all about hip-hop and things I love but how do you want it y'all hear that song y'all may hear a lot of things I hear a song about affirmation yeah how do you want it? And how does it feel? Like, how how are we going to have it? And I want to help people uncover things I simply had to figure out. If I could spare anyone just a little bit of time, if we could get level and you could see that there's another side to this thing, take it from somebody who really said, I don't want to be here anymore. Mm. And I'm going to try to go out. And I'm going to wake up in a hospital disappointed because I'm still living. Wow. And, and that just... It's such a, a, a reminder in life. Like, we don't know what other people are going through, right? And it's just right. the commonality of life that I should respect the energy and space that you are going through and not take anything personal, but just be kind to you because right. you never know what, what is someone's last straw or a defining moment that could be in someone's life because just think one of those people you were interacting with at that point in life during your journey were to just be a little bit kinder, you know, where yeah, the you police, think about that yeah. all the time and, about people noticing mm-hmm. or even like people like, and I tell every, it takes two seconds to check in. You don't have to know how to help someone to know how to refer them. Yeah. Even if you go to my page, I'm not a licensed therapist, but I have resources to get you there. Yeah. Figure out how to get people in your circle to the next step. Yeah. And that's so important. And I think one lesson I'm learning definitely from this conversation, there's many, but one I want to point out is the importance of self-care. Uh-huh. And and if you can't care for yourself, and it sounds like, you know, just in the story we're telling, you know, your mom wasn't able to have that self-care for herself. Your grandmother wasn't able to have that self-care for herself. So it dominoed into you and these generations of things that occur, we do what we see, and it replicates exactly. and amplifies with next generation. So thank you for like looking at that sort of uh, anomaly within your family where you're like, it stops with me. It has to. I, re- I looked up one day and I was like, damn, look at you. 
you you criticize your father for for coping with his demons by drinking and not being with you. You criticize your grandmother for these things. But what do you have in your hand? And what are you doing? And how do you talk to people? Like if I tell any, like there are people right now that see this version of me and would laugh at you. They would laugh because they're like, there's no way. That's not the same. That's not the, I promise you. Because it was that bad for me. And I was that unrecognizable to anything. I didn't feel like I could be pulled up out of that thing. I had to look at myself in the mirror so many days and thank God for what I was about to be. Mm. Like I couldn't, I said, I got to figure something out. And I felt like if I could just sow back a few seeds that is bigger than me. And that there are people that can look and say like, it doesn't have to be this way anymore. I just want to say thank you so much for sharing, you know, your story because it's it's not easy to put yourself out there and be so transparent and so open. And I am very honored that you would tell us the story because I think there's so much healing that can be coming from this conversation. So thank, thank you. you. Thank you. Thank you. How can people like also like find you and also sign up for classes because I I hear when I need to sign up for yeah, it. No, absolutely. <laughs> Vent sessions, man, those are my those are my absolute favorite. I really want people to feel one thing I really and I think it's anybody, even if you just have a grandma, right? They just go on. I would get in the truck and she'd be like, the gas prices today and did you see what happened on the mm. news? Like I ain't been somewhere else. Like and so you just you get into spaces where people can dump on you. So I want to give you an opportunity to dump a little on me. So that's 30 minutes to two hours. We can work on specialized practices. Also, full days of decompression uh, where you can spend a full day with me and we can just work it out. Okay, that's going to be houseofmelc.com at houseofmelc. Yes, so that's houseofmelifecoaching, houseofmelc.com at houseofmelc on Instagram, Facebook, and LinkedIn. Get plugged in with us there if you're a professional, you have any questions or want to share resources and tips, find me there. And me, myself, it's just Nikia at it's just Nikki on Instagram and Facebook. I think I told people, I would tell them how I got that name. So just real quick, when I first started off in radio, I was with a guy who rapped. I was with a comedian and a DJ. And they would all come on and they'd be like, it's DJ whatever. And I'd be like, it's just Nikia. It's just me. I'm just here. I don't do, I didn't do anything at the time. And now it's everything. So it's just Nikia, N-I-K-I-A, get plugged in um, at the Expect Effect podcast on Instagram and Facebook. Uh, that's, that's me. That's where you can find me. Wow. Uh, that's so amazing and it's not just Nakia but it's Nakia honey you gotta <laughs> say it right it's Nakia it's just it's Nakia. Nakia I like it yes that's who it is queen you yes yes it is <laughs> <laughs> so Nakia um, I know we asked everyone this question so answer how you feel what's your favorite rosé okay people might knock me for this but like hear, for, hear my story y'all know my story so hear where I'm coming from <laughs> hint, hint but, how I preference the yeah, question yes like so it's I like Drizzly's Cupcake Vineyards Rosé Wine oh. that's my like favorite and it's but y'all it's cheap y'all, and it goes for a ride like the out like people I'm not I am always honest I like I didn't come here to slow sip with y'all I can't mm-hmm. I have a destination and I'm trying to get to it but it's also very light it has just the right balance for me of like sweet it's not too tart um it always gives me just a nice blend especially when it's chilled so and it's it's just a good cheap bottle y'all it's under so you can get it under five dollars listen any kind of wine under five dollars is a wine that i enjoy sometimes you listen, hear me? like we just like you said i have a goal 
That's it. That's it. It gets me to the goal. Yes. I'm like, that's all. Especially if it's just you. Gets you a good little other side of the bottle. Listen, get you a little bathtub going. Get you some bubbles in that bathtub. Get you some good old music, some candles. Get a big bar of chocolate and enjoy. I'm telling you. Rosé goes well with chocolate. So there's that. Everything. (laughs) Essentially, yes. Everything. Well, Nakia, we really appreciate you sharing your story, telling us more. Um, I definitely am going to connect with you about this venting session because um, I am not a venter. So I have one of those. Girl, I'm one of those people that I'm have the you, word you vomit. It, yeah. Keep it. Yeah. And here's my quick question before we go on that. As a person who is listening to people vent, you know, I believe in energy is transferred, right? And so if someone's mm-hmm. giving you all their negative energy to dump and they're they're wasting it, how do you not transfer it into yourself? Like, how do, how mm. do you separate that? I love that question. I think for me, there is, and I tell everyone, you cannot go into this business if you don't know who you are. You can't shake me. There's not one thing you can say to me that's going to make me question myself. Also, in that, um, I stay prayed up. Like, take it as you will. I go in every day. I say, God, not I who lives, but you who lives in me. If it is not of you, I don't want it. Mm. And if I feel if I feel off about an energy, my intuition, like, I trust it. If I feel like I can't work with someone, there are so many processes before we even get to the point where I'm actually working with you. You can come into event session. You can do all of those things. But if you want to go into a deeper course, there's there are ways and layers in which I try to get to know you a little better to make sure I'm actually the right fit for you. Yeah. Um, so it's a matter in my eyes of preparation and also post um, like wind down. Mm-hmm. I give myself a break. And like, y'all, yeah. y'all saw it last week. I actually didn't even have a show last Sunday. I will give myself a break and I will take a moment to regroup. I love Sage, but if my home isn't right, if I don't feel good, as much work as I've put into this, I will stop the work immediately to reassess. Yes. I love that. And you know, the way I look at that too, like I think we all can can use some, it's just Nikia energy of, if it's not for me, I don't want it. Period. I can't take it. Yeah, because like, I know some people who are, you know, down in the dumps right now because of unemployment or trying to start a business or what have you. And it's like any kind of deal like that's not your full price. Mm. People, you know, are like trying to cut corners like, oh, I'm going to pay you 300 instead of the $1,700 that you asked for, which is your real rate. That is not a business venture you need to go on. And they showing you right away. And and it's not for you. It's literally taking from you. And I and I always tell people, like, if you think about that last time that Mm. you just held out. Mm-hmm. And you didn't think like, how did you get to this point? Like, yeah. I don't understand. Why are you going to sell yourself short? Who, who has the right to take what you've invested? I'm sorry. Mm. If you have a bank account right now, do you just hand your debit card out to people? Mm. Do you do that? Do you do that to people who didn't work for that money? Okay. So this this foundation that you have, once you buy a house, you have to work that much harder to keep it. And once you buy into the dream, it doesn't mean you get rid of problems. It just means you're getting different ones, right? So you're yeah. just really getting different problems. But what are you willing to suffer for? That's what Buddha asked us. Don't mm. add, don't worry about what I'm trying to be happy about. Life will never be perfect. What are you willing to suffer for? I 
I love that perspective and that's going to be my new quote of today I'm, uh, I'm walking in today asking oh, am I going to suffer for this no so let okay. me move on <laughs> that is a great question though girl we could just keep talking for hours you are girl, so amazing it. we would love to have you on our live and just talking about this because I think again we're in a moment of life you know not only a pandemic but also a recession people are losing their homes whether it's an apartment their mortgage their foreclosure like people are losing jobs aren't able to eat like we started what was it the beginning of last year like this yeah where we actually had the government shut down and government employees if y'all remember actually that was the end of last year remember yeah i don't know like i felt like i couldn't forget because i felt like a lot of the opening of the year was about how the government was getting back on track yes <laughs> and we were we were you know just getting to a structure and i remember the jokes about the shutdown at the time but like if anybody had known yeah <laughs> like, and, and out here in the dmv you know it impact us the most because we have the most government employees so like i had friends who didn't have work they weren't getting paid they were subprime contractors to the federal government which means the government wasn't releasing checks so they didn't get paid for almost three months insane right and so like how that impacts us uh is so tremendous and you know we we just have so much happening in life and we'd love for you to come on our virtual happy hour to talk about it i would love to you just name a date and a time and i will be there well nikia again we are so thankful for you uh we honor you so much and thank you so much for sharing our your story with us today Thank you guys for having me. It's been an absolute pleasure. And I hope to see all of you reaching for the best versions of yourselves. Yes. Hallelujah. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Nakia. Cheers. Have a good day. Thanks, Nakia. We really appreciate your interview today. And, you know, sometimes we have a lot of fun here on the Rosie Hour. But we want to thank you so much for sharing your story. Um, we know it's not easy to share um, our struggles and things that we've overcome and persevered. And we want to thank you so much for taking the time to talk about this. And also for those who are seeking counseling services, please reach out to Just Nakia. Um, you can see her information in the uh, description of this episode. We're going to take a quick commercial break, but when we come back, we are going to talk to the amazing Michelle of Manuti Wines. Hey there, friends. It's Renee here at the Rose Hour Podcast. And today I'm here with someone who I'm so excited about. Like the brand that she works for is so super dope fresh. They have a blue bottle of rosé. Like it's not actually blue, but the bottle is blue. And it has this like nice rose gold coating on it. It's so beautiful. She's so smart. She's amazing. And she's the brand director of North America to Manuti Wines. The amazing Michelle. Oh my God. That's the best intro ever. Please. Like I said, you can carry me in your pocket. I pop out. I do this at bar mitzvahs, birthdays, you name it. Anniversary parties. I introduce you. (laughs) I am so happy to be here. Thank you, Renee. Oh, thank you for being here. And also, 
I mean, you work for one of the best brands ever in Rosé. Can we just say that out loud? We can. <laughs> we can. I feel that way too. I do. <laughs> so how I did feel you, pretty lucky. Yeah. Like, how did you even get into the industry and even like to be the brand director to North America for the brand? It's, it's been it's been a long road, and I, of course, like most people in in the wine and spirits industry, I started in a completely different industry. I was in publishing and advertising for a Spanish language newspaper in New York City called El Diario La Prensa. And yeah, and they're the oldest Spanish language newspaper. It's super respected globally, based in New York and then published nationally. And I did that for a few years and I was in advertising, so I was taking out clients. I would get the wine list. I felt like a kid at the table with a bunch of grown-ups, and I would Russian roulette the wine, and I would either get a first growth, which was out of my budget for my expenses, or I would pick something, you know, super ridiculous for a steak like Pinot Grigio, <laughs> and and I wound up you know, wanting to feel better about just ordering wine. That was my only inclination to take wine classes. But I signed up for the W set and fell in love immediately and started to network and make connections. And I I met one of my clients who worked for Brown Foreman, which is a, a pretty big uh, wine and spirits importer and she connected me and I just you know started with this company I started with a family-owned company and I just you know worked for several years at different wine and spirits companies until until I met the Matan family at Chateau Minuti and begged them (laughs) so you met you met the owner founder creator of Minuti that's yes how Okay, you got to talk about that. How did that go? <laughs> sure. I know. I'm like, wow, I just... Um, it's actually him. So they, uh, they Minuti, the Matan family, specifically his name is Francois. So he's the owner and he was representing the North American business, you know, from France. And I was managing the business in New York with a, with another company called Treasury. They're a big corporate company and they were one of many wine brands in the portfolio. So just happenstance met him and just worked with him for a couple years. And New York at the time was the biggest market for Minuti and his time and attention certainly, you know, was New York. And just over the course of actually a few years, we had a conversations about what his vision was for Minuti in the United States. And he took a shot on me and now it's been two years that I've worked directly for them and feel really lucky. They're wonderful. Yeah, flew by. A lot of rosé has been consumed today. (laughs) I'm here for all of that. All of the rosé consumed. All the consumption of the rosé. I'm here for the samples. (laughs) Okay, right. And especially when there's new ones coming out, I'm pretty sure they are like, hey, take a little swig of this and let us know what you think. (laughs) Exactly. Right. So... As a person who was like sort of like Russian rouletting your 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 uh, wine menus for clients <laughs> to now representing the brand, what kind of like education did you have to do in order to kind of like understand and like really like learn? I won't say appreciate because we always appreciate wine, but kind of have that understanding and education behind it, like to talk about it. 
Sure. Well, I started with the intermediate course at the W set. So it's the Wine and Spirits Trust. And I, over the course of years, you know, went to the advanced course and currently I'm enrolled in the diploma. I've also taken, you know, um, the Sommelier Society. I've taken the introductory course. And then over the course of being in this business for, you know, close to 15 years, I've traveled a great deal to other wineries and I've participated in so much education, self-taught, you know, I'm somebody that loves to tap someone's shoulder, you know, winemaker or ambassador and just say, tell me, like, I asked, I'm the person that asks the dumb questions. You know, they say there's no such thing as dumb questions. I'm sure I've asked, I'm sure I asked my share. (laughs) But the one thing about education that I've come to the conclusion on is that you never know as much as you think. And I always... I always hit that battleground where I'm like, oh, you know, I've been doing this for 15 years. I've poured hours and several thousands of hours, it feels like. I don't know if that's Mm -hmm. accurate. But at the end of the day, you know, I'm constantly looking up different appellations and laws are changing and, you know, the percentages of varietals, the different pruning methods. And, you know, there's 50,000 grapes in Italy alone. So I don't deem myself the person that's ever going to wrap my head around it, what I can do is just keep trying. And that's what I try to do is just try to keep learning and learning and tasting and blind tasting too, which is I'm on a kick on that lately. Oh, what's blind tasting for those who may not know? Cause I like sure. too. So it's best if you have another partner in crime for this, whether it's a friend or, you know, a partner. Anyway, it's, you have to have a couple wines on hand. It could, it does not need to be expensive. It doesn't need to be any specific varietal. Just have a couple bottles on hand. You can foil the bottle, have your partner in crime open the wine, and then they pour it into a glass. And then you start the process of guessing that wine. You first look at it, you smell it, and then you taste it. And you really go through a regimented process and There's times when I'm on it. There's times where I couldn't be more wrong, but that's the fun part. (laughs) And and it's a muscle. And I think that's the critical piece that I found in a lot of Psalms and a lot of people that are, you know, considered some of the best educators, in my opinion. I think that they are engaging in that practice because, you know, Renee, I do this too. I get a glass of wine. It's, you know, Friday afternoon and I'm like, glug, glug, glug. Mm-hmm. But it's good to just take a hot minute and just, you know, go through that muscle memory that we all have and just practice, practice, right? Yeah. Practice makes perfect. And if not, at least you've had a good cup of something. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> There's always that. So, exactly. So, what if what are, if someone wanted to get into becoming like a brand director, you know, for North America for another brand per se? What kind mm-hmm. of steps would you kind of tell them to like follow or things that they should ensure they do um, to obtain something like this this kind of role? Sure. You know, there's there's ways to go about entering the industry that you know, are 
part-time or full-time. And I always think, you know, today, look, we're in the midst of COVID and, you know, the on-premise or restaurants and resorts and stuff have really shuddered to the, to the most degree. And retailers are, you know, are doing very well um, in terms of volume and, and people's consumption are up. I say if the opportunity presents itself, you know, go to your local food, at, uh, I'm sorry, go to your local wine and spirit shop, you know, mm-hmm. preferably an independent one. It doesn't have to be, but go to the shop and see if they need extra help during, especially during, you know, October, November, December. That's the busiest time in terms of retailers they're getting ready for the holiday season so whether you know you work on the floor for a couple weeks that's probably the best way to get an on-the-fly education and then join you know some tasting groups you can do them online you could you know there's so many phone quizzes that you could do wset has a free app on the phone where you can just start to learn and i would say really you know when the time permits, certainly travel. You know, for us in the US, you know, I'm based in New York. I can go to the Finger Lakes, I can go to the Hamptons and, you know, quickly engage in a tour. But every state in the country has wineries, every 50 states. So take an opportunity to maybe talk to the people that run the winery and see if they're looking for support in their tasting rooms. Um, I'd say that's the best way to get a foothold. And then after a few years, you can really network and decide, you know, who and where you want to go, whether maybe you want to continue with wine or, or look to a specific region like Spain or France or Italy. Yeah, I like that. And I never even thought about like volunteering at a wine and spirit shop especially during the holidays because like yeah everyone needs more hands on deck um to get like products on the on the shelves because people are like buying it probably as as they're in a pandemic yeah right and all exactly and i find and this is a, a generalization but i think it, in my experience it's been true if you're an independent wine and spirit shop you know and everybody has some of their favorite stores in their in their nearby town right if you're an independent store or you're a reputable wine shop chances are that buyer in that store has tried almost every single wine and constantly has bottles that are open. You, by proxy working there, you are going to taste and you are going to taste fantastic wines. You're going to taste table wines, everyday drinking wines, and you're going to get an exposure that's, you know, hopefully mind-blowing to kind of just see all different price points and and varietals. I think that could be neat. Yeah, I love that idea. And Hmm, I may have to free up my schedule this October <laughs> to see what I can do. So thanks for that tip. Yeah. <laughs> so I wanted I like to it. talk more a little bit about Minuti as well, uh, because sure. you guys have a lot of rosés. And so oh, yeah. I wanted to talk through like your rosés and like just what are they? <laughs> you <laughs> sure. I'll, I'll tell you a little bit briefly about Minuti. So of course, you know, you have a podcast dedicated to rosé. I mean, that's how much people love rosé. The drive and the growth of the rosé category has certainly been in France and specifically within Provence, there's Côte de Provence. So I talk about Minuti, but without talking about Minuti, you have to talk about Provence, I say. Mm -hmm. And 
Provence to me is California and Cote de Provence is Napa as just like a very rough outline or the way I like to talk about it. And so Minuti's family owned and they've been there for three generations. And that right there is pretty, pretty cool because there's not too many family owned Cote de Provence producers. And Minuti really um, started this this trend. Um, and for them, it wasn't a trend. It was something that they've been doing for so long and it became trendy. But they're the number one selling rosé, premium rosé in all of France, Europe and the Caribbean. So globally, they have you know a very prestigious position as being a beloved but best selling rosé. And for them, they're selling their upper cuvées they're selling their their higher end wines within the Minuti line. Wow. Yeah, I could just give you a mouthful. Sorry about that. <laughs> no, like my my mind is like blown. <laughs> so Minuti, you know, they are in Saint Tropez, which is wonderful, and there's you know a tremendous amount of of wineries, of course, all of all over Provence. But Minuti's winery is five kilometers or five minute, you know, a five minute drive to the port of Saint Tropez. You know, where you think of all the beach clubs and you know the luxuriating uh, travelers that get to go to that part of the world. And Minuti is is genuine because they are truly Saint Tropez, and I I think that's pretty neat. Um, but also they are um, they hand harvest all their wines and. of the production that's happening at Minuti is rosé only. They make a little red, a little white that they sell at the winery, but they really are a rosé producer and their full range is M, which is in the U.S. Um, It's probably the most widely distributed and that's your, you know, your quintessential Cote de Provence. It's about half Grenache and then the remainder is Cinso and Syrah. And then new to the market, um, which is really what Minuti has been famous for in France, is Prestige. And we just brought that to the U.S., this vintage. And Prestige is about 70% of the fruit is actually coming from the property, from the estate. And the part of the property it's coming from is closest to the port of Saint-Tropez. So you're right on the peninsula and you're getting that sea time the maritime influence so it's got you know it's got that salinity um but also you got some of that fruit so you have a balance of you know a racy wine that's perfect with oysters and then the next two wines are a hundred percent made on the estate and it's rosé or which is 80 percent grenache 20 senso and that is white peach and i would say that wine is the flagship of our winery it's just the heartbeat and it's beautiful it's more of a food wine and then the bad boy the icon um the blue bottle is 281 and it's called 281 because that's name of the Pantone color. So if you're going to paint your car 281, you're going to get that really deep blue. That's an homage to, to the Riviera Sea and to the to the sky too, because you get that beautiful blue. Uh, but the wine is made from a single clone of Grenache and it's 25-year-old vines. And it is 
90% Grenache and then you get a little 10% Syrah and that wine is just you know it's a big wine it's got a lot of complexity to it you have the salinity but then you also have the rounded fruit component and that wine is just glorious that can be paired with really I wouldn't pair it with a steak <laughs> but you really can pair it with tons of complex dishes it's it's a fun wine that I like to actually blind people on because they don't always guess rosé they go in a million other directions and that's just fun oh wow and I mean I I had it thank you so much for it oh Um, sure and oh my god it is so good and you know I had it with like a um alfredo sauce and it was oh, actually nice. really like smooth with it. I was like, yes. I'm oh, that's a good pairing. I'm going to I'm gonna take that from you. Gonna, <laughs> I'll give you credit. I'll give you credit. Thank you. Thank you. This podcast is doing something. I'm learning. I'm learning. Yes. <laughs> I like that. I think the richness of the Alfredo sauce um, really could match up to the weight of the wine. That's very cool. Yes. Thank you. No, no, thank you. See, you learn something new every day. Yay. <laughs> and I learned from you. See, I knew the things i see i'm learning people education first (laughs) (laughs) well i mean minuti is so amazing it's so delicious it is definitely the premier like number one rosé in all of our hearts and we really appreciate you know all you guys do at your vineyards to make sure that those grapes are so succulent and delicious for us (laughs) (laughs) i love that So, um, how can people connect with both you and also Minuti Wine? Oh, of course. So, for me on Instagram, you can connect with me. My handle is Miss underscore Minuti. So, M-I-S-S underscore Minuti, and it's spelled M-I-N-U-T-Y. And then please connect with us at uh, Minuti's Instagram page, which is at Chateau Minuti. I love it. I love it. And I love to ask this question, and I think you are the perfect person for today's question of the day for Double Ooh. Jeopardy. <laughs> what is your favorite rose? <laughs> oh, wow. Well, <laughs> I'm laughing because I, I didn't know. <laughs> I didn't dedicate my life to Minuti without being absolutely passionate about their wines. So it is a Minuti wine, and I would say the Rosé War is everything I want in a wine, not just in a Rosé wine. Um, it's got the weight, it's got the freshness, it's got that character of Grenache, that white peach, mm. and it's something I can have you know, on its own, but I certainly can enjoy it with my main course, TBD, for tonight's dinner, but I just, <laughs> I love that wine so much. It's it really blows it blows me away every time I drink it and you know basically my veins if you cut me I'm bleeding pink over here so oh. it says a lot <laughs> we have the same blood type okay great so if anything ever great. happens to us we know to contact each other good blood type R right. <laughs> awesome <laughs> Well, Michelle, this has been so much fun and we have to have you back on to talk more about sort of like what's coming up for the fall and harvest season, all of those amazing things and love to have you on our virtual happy hour. And if you can make it to D.C., we'd love for you to come with us to to happy hours around the district drinking rosé. Count me in. I love it. I had so much fun. Yay. Well, thanks, Michelle. We really appreciate you spending time with us today. Thank you so much. Cheers. Thank you. Cheers.
thanks so much, Michelle, for a great interview. And also, shout out to you because we did a happy hour with you virtually earlier this year. And you sent us one of the most amazing bottles of wine. And it was super large. And we were like, good googly moogly. This thing is huge. (laughs) And it's delicious. So thank you so much. And shout out to Minuti Wines. They are the number one uh, wine rosé creators in the world. So if you have not already tried them, check them out. They have different types, uh, as we talked about with Michelle. And they're delicioso. Also want to thank Nakia again. Thank you again so much for sharing your story um, and showing us about perseverance and how to persevere, excuse me, um, during difficult situations. You know, it's definitely a time in all of our lives right now where we're all facing different battles and, you know, we can learn a lot from your story. So thank you so much for sharing that with us. I want to shout out to Bartender Ben as always, you know, being uplifting and making sure we know what alcohol content is in our beverages. So sip, sip, hooray to him. Want to thank Angeline for helping us schedule everybody on the show. And shout out to all of you. We thank you guys so much because without all of you, we wouldn't be here during the pandemic. Yay! Don't forget to like, follow, subscribe. Check us out on Facebook, on Instagram, on Twitter, on TikTok. Yes, we are on the talk of the tick, people. We are posting images, pictures, content, and everything else. And don't forget to go to our website, the Rosie Hour Podcast. Dot com. Get you some merch. Look at some of our old episodes. And don't forget to like, follow, subscribe on all podcast platforms. Yeah, all podcast platforms. And as always, guys, don't forget to check us out each and every week. And we'll see you next week with two more dope guests. And don't forget, drink some more rosé every day. Cheers!